Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Internet Marketing. Hello and welcome to the Internet Marketing Podcast brought to you by Site Visibility. I'm your host, Scott Colnut, and with me today is Dave Fink, CEO of Posty. And we're going to be discussing how to integrate direct mail with digital marketing. Dave, I want to say thanks for coming on the podcast today. We were just discussing that it's December, things are really busy. It doesn't matter if your agency side, particularly in marketing, you will share this sentiment that Dave and I were just discussing. And it feels like you're spread very thin. Sometimes you feel like you need two of you to complete all of your work. You're doing your business as usual activities. And then you've got your yearly planning on top of that. So if you're listening, I appreciate that you're spending time listening and being with me. And Dave, I appreciate you being here too. So thanks and welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, glad to be here. Uh, no problem. So I know you have a storied career in marketing, and I'd like you to maybe just describe a little bit about your history, and in particular, specifically when direct mail came into your repertoire of skills. When did it come onto the horizon in your career? It, that's a, a those are great questions, and, and I appreciate you giving me the chance to to share a bit. So I think. For me, what's been fascinating about my career is that I, I've had the opportunity to be involved in building businesses, both on the brand side, um, you know, taking you know, new um, kind of disruptive you know, product ideas directly to consumers, um, typically through you know, internet, internet first based businesses, and then I've also spent um, you know, pretty pretty much you know, 50 fifty of my time. Um, building marketing technology platform based businesses, all um, you know, with a focus of how you help brands you know grow both through you know acquisition marketing and, and CRM and, and various growth capabilities. So you know, I've been doing this since I think 1999, and and really lived through much of the evolution and development of of marketing technology through through the internet and kind of this you know uh, explosion of, of really kind of a, a quantitative you know approach um, you know thinking about um, data and measurement and testing and optimization that you know most brands big and small all, all rely on on a daily basis so you know throughout the years we you know i've had the opportunity to to you know develop some some experience working in in pr- pretty much every digital channel right and and back in the day it was 
it was email and, and traditional you know, banner advertising. And, um, and then that became programmatic. And, mm. and there was the explosion of social and, and video and content marketing. And prior to launching Posty, you know, I was involved in, in a, a tech studio, an, an incubator that, that was involved with investing in and, and launching and building and scaling you know, dozens and dozens of consumer internet businesses. And, and like most in kind of the, the mid 2000s, um, we, we rode the coattails of, of the big social platforms and, 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 you know, namely Facebook and you know, Google. And, and they were amazing, right? They, they brought, um, unbelievable capabilities and unbelievable reach. And it would, we had the opportunity to kind of develop, um, you know, our marketing plans along with, you know, the emergence of things like machine learning and better targeting and better data. And and then towards the kind of end of that, which for us was about you know six seven years ago, we started you know hitting ceilings, and we started dealing with the frustration of ad rate bloat, and mm-hmm. and realized that that we just had to um, kind of reinvest in in media diversification, but we wanted to do it in a way that was was still very quantitative in nature. And for us, that led us to this exploration of you know what are the other digital channels that are that are scaling and that have similar capabilities um, that we're able to um, kind of in, engage with those platforms similarly to, you know, search and social. And, and at that point there really wasn't anything else that was, was, you know, scaling um, and, and worth the time, you know, snap was just getting started and didn't have an ads platform. There was mm-hmm. TikTok. Um, and so we, we started spending more time looking for offline channels that we could re-engage with. And, and the one channel that caught our attention that we thought could behave more, you know, kind of similarly, we can engage with similarly to how we do our digital channels was direct mail. Mm-hmm. And we can go into a little, little bit, you know, why, why that was the case. But for us, that, you know, that commitment really came about six, seven years ago. And for you personally, did you always have an interest in direct mail? Because you talked that up until that point, you had a lot of experience in online aspects of marketing, but had you had any experience in some of those offline disciplines as well? I definitely did. Um, it, it was kind of, uh, you know, peaky, um, you know, throughout my career where typically it was, you know, jumping into learning how to launch TV campaigns or radio campaigns. Um, you know, direct mail was in that bucket as well. You know, we were, we were certainly building brands that were leveraging our knowledge and how to, infiltrate emerging platforms before other competitive, you know, brands in our spaces, you know, were able to do so. And, and, and that was always kind of one of our superpowers. But certainly before there was a Facebook and Google, digital wasn't enough to build a big business. And so, you know, we, we certainly, um, and, and, and I spent quite a bit of time, you know, in, in traditional offline channels, we just thought about it really differently, right? Whereas in, in, in digital, we were thinking really strategically about understanding audiences and how to engage them directly and how to use segmentation and, you know, multivariate testing to understand what messaging or what frequency um, or, um, you know, how to uniquely speak to, to, you know, different, you know, segments within our customer sets. But on, on channels like TV and radio, you, you don't have those, or at least back then, you didn't have those same, um, you know, targeting and segmentation capabilities. Mm. It wasn't really feasible to, to, to be running dozens and dozens of different, you know, messages um, to kind of um, speak uniquely to different segments. 
you know, direct mail was always one of those channels that that was possible in, but the tools and capabilities of the channel um, were a little bit slow to evolve. And so the executional, um, you know, capabilities were limited, making it, you know, a channel that behaved probably more similarly somewhere in between digital and, and, and a traditional offline media channel. And for you personally and the team that you were working with at the time, how difficult was the skills adjustment? So are the skills required to be a generalist digital marketer similar though, similar though to those needed to be a direct mail marketer? Is there a crossover of those skills or is it quite a, a niche discipline that requires specific training, would you say? Well, I think there's been an evolution in marketing that has, I think, changed the framework of skills necessary to be to be good at your job. So if you look back 15, 20 years ago, almost all CMOs and, you know, um, you know, in businesses were more kind of it had come out of that, the camp of, of really brand and brand development. It was, you know, storytelling, controlling the the message and, and brand position. Uh, if you look today, there's there's a blend of that, but it's certainly I think the the CMO role is is you know quantitative role first. It's understanding data and audiences and how to you know how to um, you know take control in a more predictive way. Mm. Um, the the other thing that kind of changed at the executional level was you know there was a time when when media buying was more a a game of of sales um, it was negotiation and and kind of the deal right you were it was you know two humans neg- negotiating out the 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 ad placements and the the scope of of the deal terms and the rates you know you were negotiating value adds and make goods and things like that. And, and if you fast forward to today, you know, most media is bought programmatically. Mm. There still are you know, traditional offline channels that are not bought that way. But um, when you look at the size and scope of digital and then you look at channels like direct mail and you look at um, you know, the evolution of, of TV and, and addressable and connected, you know, those, that's all data driven and that's programmatic and, um, and based on performance KPIs, not you know, showing up and sitting around a table or you know, a dinner table and, and trying to negotiate, negotiate out and, and haggle terms. And so I think the skill set uh, re- really has evolved to you need to understand data, you need to understand um, your first party data and what you know, is resonating in the marketplace. Um, you can't lose sight of brand, and that's that's a, a, a an important complementary um, component to driving authenticity. And and um, but but if you don't have that quantitative understanding of of um, kind of all aspects of of marketing, it, it's going to be a challenge for you. And data, you mentioned data a couple of times there, and really the marketing sophistication or marketing te- marketing intelligence that's available to companies now and perhaps that being something that's changed a lot over the last seven years and i'm really interested to know are there any other major changes to the discipline of direct mail marketing that are uniquely different between seven years ago and today because uh, you know seven years is a reasonable amount of time and i'm just interested to know if there are any trends that you've seen in that time that stand out to you as yeah, being different today than they were seven years ago. Sure. Well, you know, on one hand, you know, direct mail. Um, I, I was kind of referred to it as like the OG quantitative platform. So, so many of the the 
you know, paradigms of how we think about uh, quantitative you know, digital marketing, you know, those same principles were used um, and studied in, in direct mail you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago. Things like um, you know, coming up with frameworks for measurement and testing creatives, you know, doing your A-B tests and your multivariate tests. Um, you, know, they, they, you know, internet marketers didn't invent that, but they, they accelerated in the tools and capabilities of, of everything from digital measurement and insights and, and access to data um, and programmatic capabilities, um, you know, campaign execution um, and, and the simplicity behind it. Um, you know, those, those accelerated the ability to do more complicated, you know, testing, but those principles were the same. However, in, in direct mail, what, what blew my mind when we you know, set out to, to explore the channel, uh, you know, again, a, a number of years ago, was that for the most part, the way that you execute direct mail campaigns, then again, call it you know, seven years ago, what was almost exactly the same as how you would execute direct mail campaigns 20 years ago or 30 years ago. You know, and, it, and it was that, you know, understanding who to you know, who to pick up the phone and call to source paper from or to buy a list from or you know what agency could help you uh, you know harness the power of, of you know some smart humans and 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 put together some strategy and and so the interesting thing is I, I wouldn't say that the entire industry has evolved in the last seven years I, I just think that we've worked really hard to you know to kind of take a step back and bring a fresh approach to direct mail and think about it you know and the fundamental components of it as though we were building the channel today right so so we tend to think about understanding that that ultimately direct mail is about you know a high engaging uh, piece of content in a personalized environment, someone's home in a very targeted way, you know, those are all things that we think about through mobile advertising and, and, and just digital advertising in general. And to, to us, you know, the, the kind of foundation, you know, and, and the principles that, that led us to believe there was um, a reason to launch Posty was really this idea of like, okay, well, if you had all these capabilities, you had this you know, world-class data that you can use for prediction and modeling and segmentation, and you have, you know, identity-based you know, data for, for measurement and you have um, data overlays and insights into, you know, who's engaging with your ads and your brand and, and um, you know, and, and why, um, you know, well, what, what would you do with that? And, and how would you want to engage with that channel? And, and so for us, it, it's really been this kind of exercise of taking 20 years of, of digital marketing technology and thinking about, you know, all the good that's in there and how we could extrapolate and, and kind of rebuild some of those capabilities to make the direct mail channel fit kind of the, the framework that we as, as, you know, as digital quant marketers think. How, how can we make it accessible, fast moving, dynamic, performant, methodical, insightful? And, and so, you know, there's no shortage of, you know, direct mail is still $50 billion a year space, at least here in the U.S., Globally, it's it's even you know more massive, and and a lot of that budget is still going into direct mail the you know, traditional old school way, but we're you know we're seeing you know the marketers' eyes kind of widen as we engage with them and present um, some of the capabilities that um, that you know that that we're helping kind of bring to this channel and what the channel could evolve into, and, and to us that's really exciting. Yeah, that's interesting. You talked about looking at maybe applying a fresh perspective there to direct mail 
did you think then seven years ago? Was there a little, a little bit of a gap in the market there? So was anyone else doing this seven years ago, applying data segmentation, personalization to direct mail? Or was there a limitation in the market which made you think, oh, actually, this is the time to strike? So we, we launched Posty, um, I mean, it wasn't opportunistic. We, 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 we launched it out of an uh, authentic or, or organic pain point that we as marketers had, which is we got excited about the potential of the channel. But when we looked at all of the various you know, opportunities to, to stand the channel up and, and manage the channel, it just, it, we, were, we just weren't going to do it. You know, it, it, we, we weren't going to hire a bunch of people to, you know, um, uh, manage direct, you know, relationships with printers and data providers. And we didn't want to have to go and hire and stand up a whole data science team just to build prediction and measurement when, you know, we could have, you know, one skilled media buyer managing $2 million a month in Facebook ad spend and another, you know, individual talented at, you know, Google AdWords spending a half a million dollars or a million dollars a month. Um, you know, we looked at direct mail. We're like, if, if this is going to be a core component of you know, the future, you know, marketing plans at, at you know, at our business, that it, it, it had to it had to evolve. There, there just wasn't anything out there, and we, and we did an exhausted search. You know, there were certainly talented agencies and you know, and, and brokerage firms that kind of you know handled the negotiation between all these these of vendors. Most of the brands that were, you know, relying heavily on on direct mail and, and finding success had, you know, huge headcount and but were still running the channel very manually. Where if, if a key, you know, hire left, you know, there, you know, the knowledge would fly out out of the building and and yeah, you know, you'd have to rebuild and reeducate over the next couple of years. You know, th- those just weren't, you know, that just wasn't the way we thought about business building, brand building, marketing, growth, etc. And, um, and, and so we just, we, we really built the tools that, that, you know, that we were looking for that, that didn't exist. So, um, and even to this day, the, you know, there are a handful of, of, um, of players that are, I, I, you know, I think very, very few of any that are, are directly competing with that kind of our vision, but, um, but that are trying to drive some innovation technology into direct mail. But, you know, compared to what's gone into search and social, and programmatic, um, it yeah. There, there are there's a short list of I think value add companies out there in in the direct mail space. And uh, I kind of want to move into today, having learned a bit of your history there. And it's funny how it works out on the podcast sometimes because there must be kind of a law name for this. But I knew that I would be speaking to you today. And this morning, I get two deliveries through my post, and they're two direct mail company, uh, two direct mail ads from quite modern brands. One of them I've spoken about with people on the podcast before because they're pretty well respected in terms of what they do in advertising. And that's a brand called Who Gives a Crap. I don't know if they're just UK only, a UK only brand, but yeah, they're a toilet paper brand. And I've got one of their ads sitting in front of me at the moment. And um, there's another company that I've never heard for. Again, looks like a very modern aesthetic for a coffee subscription company. I think they're called Grind. And it just struck me that, again, just anecdotally speaking, that particularly over the last couple of years, I have seen an increase in direct mail being used by a lot of brands, which people may con- may consider to be purpose-driven brands or challenger brands. Some people use the phrase disruptors, but modern companies. 
And I'm just interested in your experience, whether there's that's a trend that you see and perhaps challenger brands are more open to direct mail for some reason. And also just more generally, when you're pitching or discussing direct mail with companies, what are some of the misconceptions that come up that you typically have to bust most frequently? So uh, I, I just pulled up um, those websites. Those are yeah. two awesome um, br- brands. Um, and, and I'll do a little bit more research here on them as well. But uh, w- what you're seeing, we're seeing uh, 100% um, as well. So you know, we work with and, and we have you know a soft spot in our heart because you know, we were marketers um, that built many of those challenger brands as well. And, um, and so I, I, you know, just in our DNA, we, we understand kind of the, the way that, that those challenger brands think and how they come about and, and how they can sneak up on big incumbent brands and, and, and be you know, truly disruptive and kind of push, you know, markets into better evolution rather than just kind of sitting on their laurels. Um, with regards to direct mail, when we first launched Posty, and we were having initial conversations with some of those challenger brands. They were they were uh, engaged from the from the start, but the engagement was really, you know, dear God, get me off of Facebook. Um, they change their algorithms every you know six months. I, you know, I I, have, I wake up in, in in the morning and I have a nervous stomach, and if Facebook you know behaves, I yeah, you know, our brand you know has a good day, and if, if Facebook doesn't behave, we get. You know, or, you know it, it's a bad day, and um, and you know, there's obviously a lot of good on you know working you know with with those kind of big scalable social platforms, but there's a lot of evilness in there too that that have given us all heartburn, and um, and so when we would present this idea that you know imagine a world where you could you know you had a channel that reached the entire addressable market that was data driven that allowed you to be you know highly targeted that was measurable and that you know that performed at a very high level you know would that be interesting to you and everybody was like amazing like please bring it what is it and and then you know we we start talking about direct mail and again you know this was in the very beginning you know almost a decade ago i think the initial reaction was like oh that's really interesting i hadn't thought about it um, it's not a channel that that i would have um, thought of in the same, you know, kind of quantitative vein. But when we start walking them through the capabilities of of the channel and and, and what you know the technology behind Posty enables, you know, it, it, it quite frankly it was it was really to get these brand you know these challenger brands to engage with us. Fast forward to today, I think both us and just even some of the traditional direct mail providers out there have done such a good job, you know, driving engagement and awareness of potential value of the channel that. I can't remember the last time one of our, you know, our our sales team members, you know, um, you know, engaged with with a, a challenger brand, and they were, you know, anything but uh, aware that direct mail um, was a powerful channel and could be run quantitatively and, and effectively. I, I think to this day that the I think the there's still kind of this mic drop mind blowing moment when. Um, a challenger brand, you know, actually demos you know, the Posty platform and and realizes that they can execute and run and scale um, and optimize this channel, you know, right in front of their computer with the same you know robust tools and insights that they have on any of the social or search or programmatic, you know, or you know, channels or you know, email or SMS, etc. Um, so, with that in mind, I think what you're probably seeing is that. 
these challenger brands who were built on, you know, kind of a DNA of insight and data and measurement and, you know, knowledge are finding, you know, their ways to to the direct mail channel and acting really smartly about how to, you know, target and and speak, you know, consistently to to their audiences um, through DM, no differently than they're doing through any other channel. And so I I, I just don't see that slowing down. And thinking back there to the misconception point that I raised and my assumption, there are two assumptions that come to mind for me. I'd assume that some people might question the ability to track direct mail. And I was thinking as you were talking that that used to be more of a problem probably than it is now. And in my naivety, I assumed that tracking return on investment from direct mail campaigns would be quite easy because I assumed that a lot of uh, you can use landing pages or codes that directly t- tie in with the geolocations in which you're advertising. Um, so is that a fair assumption that maybe people think that it's difficult to track, but it's not? I, I don't know if it's, if, if, if I would say per se that, that there's a definitive expectation that it's, it's difficult. I think there's just, um, still an emergence of, of education around it. So, um, so it's more the question, right? The the question comes up in, in every initial, um, you know, set of conversations with, with brands and our sales team, which is just like, Oh, how do you measure? Um, and, and there are a number of ways you you named, um, a bunch of them, you know, most brands have invested in kind of their own identity mapping. and, And so, you know, with direct mail, you know, one of the things that is, I think, will emerge as a tremendous value add here as things like the deprecation of the cookie um, becomes a reality and, and it becomes, you know, harder, impossible in some cases to track and measure using just digital fingerprints. Your direct mail starts with a, a physical address, right? You, you have to tell each, you know, postal service where your, your you know, where this piece of mail um, is intended to go and if you are a brand that's that's capturing you know shipping data or billing data or you know customer loyalty data you're capturing that same data on you know a conversion event and that and then therefore that data can be matched um, back really cleanly to a recipient of a specific you know ad through direct mail and that also leads me to kind of a, the next assumption of mine which i assume you is a question that you get and i'm curious to know if it is and that's knowing where to target so particularly in say the us where you have so many different states and cities i I appreciate that might be a complex process but is there a way to summarize your approach to the research and knowing where brands are likely to get the best results from direct mail how do you go through that process that's a crux um, question. Um, su- super insightful, and um, and I would we we see that that easily sixty percent of or more of the success of of any direct mail you know initiative um, stems from from targeting and, and understanding um, you know you know how you should be speaking to and, and who you should be speaking to. Um, the the beauty of what can be done in quantitative marketing channels, direct mail included, is that that brands have more insights and more first-party data at their fingertips than ever before. So, at, especially brands that that have um, you know data collection as part of you know, their consumer engagement, whether it's a direct consumer brand, you know, any brand that 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 has you know, access to first-party data on their customers and prospects um, can leverage that data 
to um, provide insight, to think in terms of not just our entire customer pool, but what are the unique, you know, kind of groupings or segments within our customer pools. And, and then how do we use predictive modeling and building lookalikes um, and, you know, interesting third-party data sets to hone in and invest in kind of addressable you know, channels and direct mail is one of those and addressable meaning you're, you know, you're not contextually targeting, you're targeting based on, you know, specific uh, attributes and data, data points, you're being really targeted. And so if you, if you have, you know, kind of your data collection pipes in order and, and you partner with, you know, a platform like, like Posty, or Facebook or, or Google, um, those platforms offer a lot of insights to help you understand how to think about your, your first party data and then, and then each of the, these channels has access to lots of data that can be used to build predictive models, lookalikes, et cetera, to help you, you know, really effectively and, and, and in a kind of razor focused way, um, get better and better and better at tailoring, you know, the right messaging and frequency and strategies and offers with, with those, those segments that are most likely to be responsive. And, and you have a lot of control and a lot of prediction built into, into those channels. Um, and, and, and direct mail is, you know, offered those capabilities, um, at, at, at a very high level, broad level for years and years and years. It's just historically been kind of clunky and slow moving and, and, and limited. Nowadays, there's the, there's been, you know, the, the invention and evolution of machine learning and, and much more complex ways to leverage data for, um, in, in algorithmic, Ways to to um, to just get better and better at your targeting and, and driving performance. Um, you know, again, search, social, programmatic have been using those those capabilities over the last you know five to ten years, um, or m- maybe even longer at this point. And uh, and and we're seeing those same those same kind of technological advancements in targeting apply just as effectively, if not more, to direct mail. And as you talk here about technological advancements and maybe data collection uh, and data sophistication. I'm thinking here, we, we spoke a moment ago about challenger brands, but is there still a place for direct mail for small and medium businesses? So as we're talking this through, it feels like the barrier to entry is reasonably high, and I don't know how true that statement is. So um, yeah, I'm just curious from your experience, when you're maybe a small and medium business or a local business, is direct mail marketing still available to you in the same way? And is that barrier to entry high? What do you need to have in place? I, I think the answer is yes. I, I will preface it by saying, you know, we, um, you know, Posty does not cater currently to SMB because it, it's a different set of tools that are typically required to, to, um, to can onboard and support uh, SMBs versus more, you know, enterprise and, and even kind of these challenger brands that they, you know, they're, they're typically launched with pretty sophisticated marketing stacks. Um, on the SMB front, w- one of the things that, you know, I think makes direct mail likely very powerful for them is the, the geo-targeting capability. You know, because everything's address-based, you have 100% accuracy in being able to, you know, isolate specific geographic targeting. Um, we do um, a lot of that with, um, you know, enterprise and, and emerging, you know, rapid growth challenger brands. Uh, in, you know, when you think about things like, you know, two-sided marketplaces that that are, um, you know, behave differently in different cities or 
um, are not quite national or global. And, and so um, they need, you know, they want to isolate specific geographic regions or, or even, you know, even, you know, uh, you know, enterprise level uh, retailers that have a, a very specific footprint and want to uh, make sure that they're speaking and, and isolating audiences, you know, with, you know, radius, radii around, you know, different, you know, uh, retail locations, you know, direct mail makes all that possible. And technology makes all that relatively easy. Um, and now you can start leveraging, you know, razor focused, 100% accurate geographic, you know, um, mapping, we call them addressable markets. And, uh, and then you can, you can also layer on machine learning and predictive modeling, leveraging insights against your first party customer data. And your, and then leveraging third party data sets to model from within. So you put all that together and, and it's a really powerful channel, you know, to make it a little bit more simple for, um, SMBs who maybe don't have the luxury of sitting around and just thinking about marketing all day. You know, they're running you know, every aspect of their business. Um, that, you know, when they think about advertising, you know, every business needs to. Um, you don't want to waste budget. And if you're an SMB, you know, budgets probably are, are, are noticeably tighter than they are if you're, yeah, a Fortune 1000 brand. And so if you can just starting with um, leveraging a channel that can be you know, geo-targeted, so at the very least, um, even the most elementary campaign execution, you're leveraging channels that ensure that at least the people that you're targeting, you know, are, you know, within a driving distance or walking distance of your location. Yeah, that's a pretty good start. Um, then any more sophistication you layer on top of that, um, just becomes additive. So I, again, I'm not going to claim that we're experts in SMB marketing because it's just not our, our focal point, but, um, but thinking through some of the challenges that, a, that a, an SMB may have, um, I can definitely see direct mail being, um, a really valuable tool in their arsenal. And just carrying on that conversation about challenges that you experience and more generally how to be successful, particularly in the integration of direct mail marketing with digital marketing. At the level that you work with, the companies that you work with, what do you think needs to be in place to be successful in that integration? So we spoke a little bit earlier about skills and we've spoken a little bit about maybe data collection practices. But is there anything else that comes top of mind for you where you think, yeah, these are the characteristics of the brands that are really successful in the integration of uh, digital marketing with direct mail marketing? I love that question. I, I, I absolutely love it. So uh, we we engage with with you know Fortune one thousand five hundred one hundred fifty companies as well, and you wouldn't believe how many of those companies that in, in you know are spending monstrous monstrous budgets in direct mail are are running direct mail in a silo compared to all their other advertising. So they'll have search and social and, you know, and, and see, you know, digital CRM and programmatic and podcast and, you know, addressable TV and CTV. And they're running them collectively thinking about addressable audiences and multi-touch and media mix modeling. And then they have this like monstrous channel that they know is effective, that they are measuring and, and leveraging maybe some sophistication targeting, but it's this whole other team that sits on the opposite end of the building and um, and is engaging with with all these other channels and and so you know that's always mind blowing to me with you know kind of these challenger brands the thing that they tend to do really well is is they they have the headcount and marketing teams relatively slow they leverage technology they build all the five the kind of foundational insights around who their customers are 
you know, really, you know, you know uh, deep, deep investment in, um, in efficiency, which, which really stems from data. And they think about ways to get these, these channels supporting each other for maximum lift um, across all channels. And so, you know, what, like a really elementary exercise that we do all the time with brands is, you know, a, a lot of these digital, you know, you know, challenger type brands will come in and, and their initial perspective will be like, great, we, we generally understand kind of the targeting and the segmentation and, and setting up campaign structures, but like we don't know anything about designing um, you know, direct mail ads. And, uh, and like the first thing we'll do is we'll say like, well, we'll like, don't think about it as designing direct mail ads. Think about it as just, you know, using direct mail as a way to continue to amplify and reinforce, you know, your marketing message that you already know works in other channels. So we'll, we'll sit with them and we'll pull up their Instagram account and we'll, we'll just go image by image, post by post, looking for what posts get the most, the highest engagement. And, and we'll, we'll help them start thinking about like, why is this post getting more engagement than that post? Okay. Let's, let's incorporate those elements into, um, your, your direct mail creative. So, you know, thinking about the channel holistically is just another way to engage your target prospect pool or your target, you know, existing customer pool with consistency at the right time. Yeah. That's that to, to me, that that's the way to make, you know, marketing in any channel work and, and challenger brands tend to do that really well. Um, some of the incumbent bigger established brands um, are still working on, on, you know, on, on integrating um, direct mail with, with their other channels. And, uh, and, and, and we love it when they do the, those that engage with us um, are usually doing so because they, they see the value and, and um, they're committed to, 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 you know, bring direct mail, into the rest of their marketing mix. That's really interesting. So does that mean if you're launching direct mail campaigns, I'd assume then it's important to have people like social media managers as part of that process because they'll be, and maybe ad managers, because they will know the types of content, imagery, format, copywriting that resonates with audience on those platforms. And it sounds to me that you're saying that maybe the process of applying that intelligence to direct mail marketing is a lot more seamless than maybe people anticipate. You said it perfectly. Um, And just the mentality. So like in, in some of these fortune, you know, 1000 companies, um, these big enterprise organizations, you know, direct mail is still managed by procurement teams because it was thought of as manufacturing, right? You're manufacturing these ads through big you know, print manufacturers and you're dealing with logistics of getting it delivered you know, across the country. And, and so you know, everything was optimized based on cost, not necessarily performance, but in these other channels, right? You know, brand development and social media marketing and content and digital quant channels. It's the opposite. It doesn't mean that like cost optimization and execution aren't important. Of course they are, but you know, that you know, deploy, you know, getting a Facebook ad published isn't like the win. The win is, are you growing your business? Are consumers engaging? Are you efficient with your spend? Is it, you know, can you run profitable, you know, growth strategies? And, and so I love what, what you just said, which is, you know, I don't care how big or small of an investment you're making in DM or how big or small of a brand or how big and small your, your entire marketing team and budget is. Um, it, it absolutely should be a collaborative approach where you're bringing expertise, knowledge, insights um, across all aspects of marketing to make each channel 
as strong as it can be, but also to play, you know, a complementary complementary role in your overall marketing strategy and budgets. Yeah, you know, and, and I think challenger brands do that really well, partly because they're oftentimes just working with fewer hands. You know, they they do. You know, th- those teams tend to be small, um, highly techno- technologically um, leveraged, and um, and so it's easier to get you know a team of five people interacting than it is to get a pe- you know team of a hundred marketing you know headcount you know interacting. And just to close out the episode and to really tie that up. I'm interested to know, and this can be a self-plug, a shameless self-plug of campaigns that you've worked on or brands you've worked with. But when you tie everything up that we've just been discussing today, are there any maybe recent or current direct mail campaigns that you've seen integrated with digital marketing really well? And again, that can be something that you've created and you recommend that listeners go and check out, or maybe just something that's fallen in your inbox and then you've seen online. It's a it's a nice question, a little challenging because you know we work with um thousands of advertisers you know we send hundreds of pieces of mail uh, a month and we you know we're working across you know tens of thousands of campaigns those campaigns are proprietary you know data of um of those brands and and um and so i'm always very mindful and careful of of, of what we share um i would say talking more in kind of high level um the the type of brands that find and campaigns that find, you know, the greatest level of success are those that have where the marketers understand that they're buying into a channel that, that takes some work and they come into it with an appetite um, and confidence for testing and optimization. They're not showing up assuming that they know everything that's going to work and um, and trying to control the process, but rather are looking and recognizing that like, Hey, let's yeah that if they set up the structure and the framework for testing, which is, you know, the right, you know, commitment level, the right budget, the right openness, um, they're showing up willing to kind of share insights from other channels. Um, they are, you know, working kind of cross departmentally, you know, the, you know, those type of, of brands, um, that launch, you know, on the posting platform or just, I think in DM in general, tend to make quick work out of, of finding success. And, and, it, and it's really this kind of mantra that we have internally that we try and impose upon you know, anyone that's on the, any brand that's on the Posty platform, which is you got to give yourself you know, as many ways to win as possible. And that comes from a willingness to, to test, uh, open-mindedness. You know, there's got to be some level of budget commitment to be able to get you know, mathematically you know, you know, appropriate, you know, um, you know, test cells out into the world and capture, you know, data and measurement on it. Um, but, but that's the, I mean, that's really the key. You know, we certainly have seen playbooks that, that tend to accelerate a brand's ability to, to find success. Um, you know, that oftentimes happens over a matter of a few months, not, you know, years like it used to. Um, but, you know, what works for any one brand is going to be a little bit unique to them. Um, and, and, and so therefore, um, you know, having kind of a foundational framework or technology platform to be able to make testing optimization fast, easy and accurate. Yeah. That's to, to us, that's the recipe for success. Not, not any one specific tactic. Um, yeah. What's, what's, you know, winning, you know, across five different advertisers that are direct competitors are oftentimes five completely different things. Um, just different for their brand. You just said you've got to give yourself yourselves 
as many ways to win as possible. So that's a really great way to close out the episode because if people want to win with direct mail marketing and particularly the integration of digital marketing and direct mail marketing, where can they find you and Posty? Sure. So um, Posty.com, um, it has a, a wealth of information, um, kind of knowledge on the channel, capabilities, case studies, etc. cetera, that um, is a great place to start. Um, we have a, uh, a lead form and, and we, we are pretty um, good about um, connecting with anybody who fills out that form same day. I'm uh, most easily reachable through, um, through LinkedIn. And, uh, and then, yeah, so certainly my email's fine, um, which is D, just the letter D at posty.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time, Dave. I know that you're really busy. Uh, happy holidays to you as well in closing. And yeah, thanks so much for your time today. This has been the Internet Marketing Podcast. Take care. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.